everybody. Welcome to another week of the Soccer Thread Podcast. I'm Dan Schrader. I'm in Portland, Oregon. We got so many introductions today. We got a family pod. Everyone's here. Uh, I'm going to start from the top left. That's Colin Smith. Colin Smith is in the swamp. What's going on, Colin? I have a great story to tell today. I mean, it's a great that we have the whole family pod here, and I feel like you should all hear this story as soon as you can, so you don't have to wait for the pod to come out. This week, for the first time ever, we had... Um, some folks contact us and say, we want to sponsor your podcast. And they God, said, I okay. forgot about this. <laughs> yeah, you got to get on a Zoom call and talk to these guys. And so I said, okay, you know, I'm the official, uh, I'm the law department slash chief marketing officer of the of the thread, which means I do neither of those things. Um, and I uh, got on the Zoom call with these guys and there's just a couple marketing bros from New York. And they gave their little bro up, their little bro uh, intros, and they were like, "All right, tell us about your podcast, man. Like, we listened, to, we we really like your uh, what you guys are putting out. And we have a client who's really into soccer and wants to sponsor American soccer." And I was like, "Yeah, cool." Um, so we're like four guys who know each other from college, and we traded like forty thousand emails. And he's like, forty thousand emails," and I'm like, "Yeah." And then we started like getting on Skype and talking to each other, and we were like, "Let's record it. It'll be a podcast." And he was like, oh, okay, all right, all right, I, I like this. And I was like, he was like, what do you talk about? And I was like, oh, American soccer, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, what do you talk about? Yeah, he's like, 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 do you do European or American soccer? It's like your coverage. Yeah. It's and I was on like, the tin. I was like, we, we try to not be your first soccer podcast because like we don't do all the results or whatever. Like we're just talking shit and we like, we're just on there. I was like, we are doing this just as an excuse to get on a Zoom call. Well, you know, a Skype call started out as a Skype or Google Hangout and just yell at each other on a weekend. And he was, and then I was like, so we really don't really, you know, care. Sometimes we're not sure what we're going to talk about. We just kind of get on and yell at each other for an hour. And, and, what he is like, and he was like, wow, this is, I like this a lot. I like this concept a lot. This is really authentic. This is really authentic. And I was just like, <laughs> Cool, man. All right. It's, and this is literally what a podcast is. This is what a podcast is. And he was as like, if you haven't heard of a podcast. Yeah. And so then he's like, we're talking more. And, and I was like, he was like, would you be willing? He's like, I know your podcast. He just kept saying we were so authentic. Every time I'd say something, I'd be like, uh, he's like, I can't remember what he would ask me to do. And I'd be like, I just describe us like having beers and arguing with each other and calling each other names. And he'd be like, very authentic, very authentic. And then he'd be like, would you, I, I know like authenticity isn't very important to you, but would you be willing to read um, ads on the air? Like our, sp our sponsor is Heineken. It's a beer company. Would you be really willing to read a sponsor plug on the air? And I was like, uh, so you want me to like open a Heineken instead of the beer I'm drinking at the time just, and then say some right up our alley. It's so and I was like, yeah, I do this. I was like, I'll do this even if you don't pay me. Like, I don't care. Send me a, I, I said to him, send me a case oh. of Heineken. Like, let's do it tomorrow. Cool, whatever. And uh, please have a Heineken. Please have a Heineken. Please have a Heineken right <laughs> oh, now. Oh, that would be <laughs> such a good reveal. That would be so good. Um, and he was like, oh, wow. And I was, oh, I said in that, I was like, when I was like saying about, oh, yeah, do you want me to open it on the air? Um, I was like, I think like Men and Blazers used to do that. They had, used to have a promotion with, Guinness or something. I was like, I don't really listen to those guys anymore. I like them. I'm not trying to talk shit about. Not authentic them. enough. Different for us than to us. To. <laughs> blah blah blah. Whatever. They kind of talk down about soccer. We're like, imagine we assume you've watched all the games and you know what you're talking about, and your questions are more like, 
we have to assume that because we don't actually watch the yeah, game. We don't so watch we, yeah, we don't. We really are, are leaning We're on assuming the fact you're more that you're into the mascots them. and maybe like the sounds of the seats flapping, you know? Right. And these guys are perfect for you because it sounds like they don't even listen to your podcast. No, yeah, they, they definitely, don't. They definitely don't. And We're a soccer thread podcast that doesn't actually watch soccer. And, he goes, <laughs> and I'm sorry, so then I'm referencing Men and Blazers in this promotion they used to do. And he's like, yeah, we talked to those guys yesterday, but they're still with Budweiser. And I was like, oh. We're fucked. Like, there's no way you're going to sponsor us. You're, like, trying to get Men and Blazers to do this? And they talked to Men and Blazers? Yeah, he was like, I talked to Men and Blazers yesterday. And I was like... We're the second call? Yeah. It's amazing. Guys, we're, like, the fifth and ninth biggest There's, soccer podcast in America. Yeah, exactly. Why like, are you shitting on us? <laughs> <laughs> so then he was like, yeah, you need this many downloads a day and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, cool, man, we'll get you those numbers. I'm not sure, you know, blah, blah, blah. But he was like, yeah, our clients have between, you know, hundreds of thousands to millions of downloads a week and stuff. And I was like, okay, all right. Sounds like us. Yeah, sounds like us. Yeah, us too. That's right. That's right. For uh, sure. For uh, sure. Kevin, we're, we're going to need you to set up some bot accounts so we can get our downloads up. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Long story I'm right short, on that. these Heineken guys are not going to give us any Heineken. Um, but I haven't actually replied to their email yet. So maybe I'll say we'll strike a deal for like uh, one Heineken per hundred listeners and we can get a couple Heineken, but uh, maybe you can, maybe you can shark tank them and give them like a royalty deal and a percentage of the company <laughs> uh, and convince them that our numbers are trending up. Yeah. yeah. Just give me, give me a week and I'll send you a photo of my wall of old, old iPhones and Androids that are just resubscribing <laughs> and subscribing to you guys. <laughs> so give me some time. <laughs> Uh, and send yeah, any old iPhones so you, you got. <laughs> that's so good. Uh, continuing around my screen, Mike Samuelson. We're not getting to the interesting. Mike, you're very interesting, but you're not new. Hello, Mike. Yeah, I mean, I'm just hi, everyone. I, I don't want to take up too much time because there's a lot of, lot of new talent, a lot, lot of new blood on the Zoom call today uh, that, frankly, is much more interesting to the listeners than me because they are the listeners. The three listeners are all on the pod today. Incredible. Uh, I don't know what this is going to mean for our downloads and our ability to, you know, sell Heineken's, but um, I don't know. It's it's uncharted territory, that's for sure. Ryan Palmer's in Portland. Yeah, I always thought we had listeners, so this is just such a big day. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> they're here. They're here. Uh, Keevan is somewhere around Milwaukee. Indeed, I'm here. Keevan is spicy as ever. Man, a few words. Hey, we got a lot of people. <laughs> we got Burge in Minneapolis. St. Paul, actually. St. Paul. Right? And that's, 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 a, that's a big distinction in this, uh, this part of town. Exactly. exactly. Put some respect on that name. And I, and I have to say, as, as the actual lawyer on the podcast right now, every time Colin like puts on his like legal department hat, I just want to cry. <laughs> he's like, so then I told them this and I was like, don't say that. No. <laughs> Get that I told him I was a lawyer and I was taking him to court and I sued him. Burge, can we, can we send you to the next, uh, next request we get? We're like, we're like, oh yeah, um, we're not available, but we're going to send our lawyer, our representation. Hey, I actually represent a podcast and we've like done the trademark for their name and all that kind of stuff so i'm a veteran podcast lawyer so wow go. that's what we need that's not lucrative Birds, you don't scare me i'm a veteran podcast lawyer too <laughs> how many how many cases of heineken did you get first 
That's I right. have a whole liquor store with a Heineken down at the corner. I just haven't bought it yet. <laughs> Go. <laughs> uh pedro's in phoenix what's up pedro welcome to the pod hello everybody um i'm pedro i'm the i'm the guy that always emails us this podcast <laughs> yes you are <laughs> yeah um yeah i am i never would have thought this day would happen to me i i'm literally like i'm nervous but i'm also i'm very excited to be on the spot today and <laughs> like I'm ready to make uh, the parasocial social. This is, nice. this is amazing. This, this is, is amazing. Believe me, you, you have nothing to be nervous about. <laughs> You're only going to elevate this pod to levels that we have not yet been able to achieve. I mean, you generate all of our content from week to week, so it's, <laughs> it's bound that you're. It's, it's about time that you actually show up on this thing. Yeah, Pedro's gonna Pedro's gonna read out his own emails this week. Yeah, you, <laughs> you deserve a writer credit or a ghostwriter credit for sure. Hey, we got well, Super so, Producer Cliff. We got a some random guy who hasn't been introduced is just jumping into the Zoom. <laughs> we'll get to him, but we got to clap to let. Oh, you're messing it up for yourself. Oh my God, <laughs> Cliff, Cliff is just straight up sabotaging us right now. Sabotaging himself. <laughs> you just got to use the the Zoom recording. You're not. That's, yeah, that's what we're gonna try to do, Cliff. Yeah, uh, I'm not recording my audio. All right, then we're defaulted to the Zoom. Oh, we'll just uh, clap all over you. Pedro, this is actually a big deal for uh, me because when I told my wife that we have a listener, he emails in all the time. Like you can tell from his emails, he actually listens to the pod. She was like, I think someone's pranking you. So <laughs> like, to, to actually see you and you're not somebody that I already know, you know, yeah. you're, uh, you don't look like you're on a sound stage or anything like that. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big deal. Pedro's just going to turn his, his, computer and it's just going to be him sitting next to Keevan. This is just a, a Keevan <laughs> prank the whole time. <laughs> uh, Super producer Cliff dropped in. What's up, Cliff? Oh, I was late because uh, some cinnamon rolls just finished baking and I had to have one before I came upstairs to the computer. <laughs> that That's is the uh, content that this one. podcast is all about. Yeah. <laughs> Cliff, is. what's the difference between a cinnamon roll and a cinnamon bun? The people want to know. I don't We're know. We're going to talk about that uh, for the next hour. I know I don't like raisins in mine. That might be controversial. Uh, and I don't like citrus all. in my pastries. Oof. That's mildly controversial. But the raisins bit is uh, it's wholeheartedly in the mainstream, I think. All right, let's do a warm up. Uh, we're going to go around the room and uh, do it's going to be highs and lows soccer related for 2020. The first round is your good riddance. What are you happy to leave behind in 2020 from the soccer world, soccer tangential? Uh, it's a very, very loose definition. And then the second round, we'll do the uh, can't waits. What are we looking forward to in 2021? Uh, Cliff, you got a good riddance for uh, soccer world 2020? Uh, good riddance to bad audio now that Colin has a professional quality mixer and Mike is building a studio. That's yeah. right. My Palmer will be at the at the bottom of the rankings uh, forevermore with that lava yeah. lab mic. Cliff, you missed the part where I said the studio's next to the furnace, which is noisy. <laughs> as soon as I can well, get back to BPS, then I got something to look forward to, I guess. <laughs> Keeping you in business. Pedro, good riddance. Um I don't know. Like this whole pandemic i've been trying to like watch games but like i realized how much i'm like dependent on like 
the the stadium atmosphere yeah because like it seems so just like bland watching games sometimes and That's... i i my my attention span just goes out of the through the roof it's like you're oh. watching syria yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Even just watching games on TV with people is so much better than watching by yourself. Yeah, that's what I thought you were going to say. It's like watching at a bar or whatever. I don't know. I, Pedro's I mean, I like that good riddance. Okay, fair enough. But, you know. <laughs> I like that good riddance. I'm a big fan of that. I, I totally agree with that. Yeah, I like it. Burrs, what's your good riddance? Kind of along the same line is the uh, good riddance of the piped-in crowd noise. Um, oh, yeah. I'll be honest, yeah. the first few matches before they started, like, once they put it in, like, you just kind of forgot about it. But for the first few matches, like, I loved being able to hear the managers, like, yeah. swear at their players from, like, like, the first, like, couple games of MLS is back and those first couple uh, Bundesliga matches, it was great because you could hear, like, things being called out and guys reacting. I mean, it was just kind of novel and more interesting than just kind of the piped over, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're not going to get the you're going to be sacked in the morning song being sung at you, then like I don't really need like the not particularly yeah. timely crowd noise. Yeah, just embrace it, right? Like it's a weird thing. Like let's make it weird. Let's let's capitalize on whatever we can about it. Yeah, it's too bad. Uh, Keevan, good riddance. Again, same lines. I'm saying good riddance to the banners, and like the awkward, maybe a picture of a weird group that like. A weird fan that uh like old trafford has like pictures of fans or not pictures of fans but like not pictures of specific fans but like just generic fans in there and then players going up to celebrate to like i don't know a green a green screen board i know mls did that for a little bit and whatnot it's just it's just not the same so get rid get those get those banners off the seats and get people on the in them but please but please keep me uh in my guatemalan stadium <laughs> yeah. Antigua GFC, baby. Yes. Palmer, good riddance. Uh, good riddance to the all or nothing Amazon Tottenham Hotspur series. And <laughs> thinking that Jose Ooh. Mourinho is a decent human. That's my good riddance. <laughs> Nothing else to say. Mike? I mean, I got to keep it on Brandon and say good riddance to Ben Olsen as DC United head coach. What a year. I mean, took us you know a decade but we finally got rid of him so now we can move on to you know the next incompetent manager so i'm looking forward to that uh my good riddance is good riddance to all these players posting on social media being very not responsible with their uh their masking up and their social distancing and they're hanging out in groups uh my portland timbers we got a lot of them back home in argentina and they are asking for covid and uh good riddance to that i don't like it one bit that's fair these guys, uh, professional athletes, not always super smart. It just helps you uh, helps you remember that. Colin, uh, I'll go right along with that one, Dan. Is the good riddance to the awkward manager hug, right? You know, like within your team, you're like, okay, we're in a bubble and they're in a bubble, but then afterwards, you get the two managers going for a handshake and and like have one manager who is like with those Argentinian guys you're and is like yeah I'm just gonna take your handshake and pull you closer because I want to tell you something and the other guy's like nah, I'm old I'm old man and I'm a high risk group <laughs> and uh I mean that's just a that's a weird one especially you know as a as an Everton fan I got people touching Carlo getting too close to Carlo I don't like it 
So, Sam uh, Allardyce back in the league, you know he's an aerosol talker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, Meanwhile, Palmer hopes get... people start licking uh, uh, Josie Mourinho. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. Just, uh, wait, yeah. <laughs> we can't have our lawyer saying that? Jesus. I just, yeah, like, I want a lot of uh, wet willies for Josie Mourinho. <laughs> Uh, that's excellent. Uh, let's bounce it back. Colin, what are you looking forward to in the next year? I uh, can't wait for the messy drama, baby. Um, five days. Yeah, five days and he's on the market. Welcome to 2021. Whether it, I mean, I don't know if it'll, how long it'll last, but uh, we got Pochettino going into PSG, right? That's uh, looks beautiful for Messi. Um, I'm really looking forward <laughs> to that story. So, but you know, he's saying, oh, I want to stay now. It's just going to be great. Yeah, that's very good. Uh, I'm looking forward to hopefully some summer soccer tournaments. Uh, this year really made me realize how much I love a tournament more than a league. Leagues are boring. Let's yep, get yep. just run everything as a tournament. So uh, hopefully we get the Gold Cup. We get some World Cup qualifying. We get uh, I know some of the youth World Cups have been canceled, but uh, hopefully there's still some stuff going on. Let's get back to tournament soccer. That's what I want. Michael. Um can't wait i'm gonna put just uh to see like which young american or mls players get sold to europe um just feel like we're we're in an age now where you know every year we're gonna start seeing more and more kids who we didn't really know a year or two before suddenly move into you know your random big club uh so i'm excited to see who that's gonna be you got any early uh guesses what's on the forecast i mean you're kind of skipping ahead to my end of season award list, but uh, oh, oh, oh. because this is a podcast that, you know, doesn't appreciate rules, Cliff and Palmer know how we feel about rules. Um, uh, if you don't get that joke, go watch the movie Money Plane, which is a very bad movie. Um, but uh, Brian Reynolds, he was just like a random 18 year old. And now it seems like he's moving to Juventus uh, for like 10 million euros or something. So. Is this the FC Dallas kid that like filled in for Reggie Cannon for like four games and all of a sudden is a big deal? Yeah. Yeah. He like, I think he started 15 games this year after Cannon moved and uh, you know, apparently is like now the, the greatest right back in the world. It's amazing. As the kids say, you love to see it. (laughs) Checking Pedro smiles. So yes, (laughs) the kids are at least aware of that saying. Uh, Ryan Palmer, what are you looking forward to? Um, I can't wait for more player empowerment in 2021. Um, we saw it uh, just really kind of take off this year, and I think their voices got stronger and stronger during 2020, and I can't wait for that to continue to grow. Um, it should be interesting as, as uh, fans start to come back into the stadium. How do they respond to some of the shit that they have to put up with from fans? Um, and I hope it just continues. Um, so I cannot wait for more of that. That's great. Yeah, that's super interesting. Do you actually think that that will continue or has that just been made so much easier without the fans in the stadium? That's, I mean, I think that's my concern. Like that's why I can't wait for it because I want to see it continue to snowball into something that, uh, you know, the fans start to take it seriously and they just kind of, they recognize that, that uh, players have this power and they, they can use their voice for good and they can 
they can just walk off when when they're being abused and it shouldn't and it can't happen and so hopefully that can kind of expand out into the stadium as well where the fans start taking into account and, and like just kicking the shit out so uh i am i'm looking forward to that growth yeah i didn't really think about that with the um psg walkout when it happened but it is like um a little bit more visceral to walk out of the stadium full of um you know 80,000 of your own fans who are yeah yeah up there that day to you know have support you and um you're gonna leave them all very upset i mean of course otherwise those people are at home and they're gonna be upset that you didn't play today anyway but it's a little bit more uh in your face if you're if you're doing it in front of them right um in person so we'll see if that has that unfortunate effect um of of you know not discouraging discouraging that that behavior so we'll see Stephen, what do you look forward to in 2021 i'm looking forward to a true like home field advantage so like the magic of anfield the magic of ellen road uh european night at barnabo like just uh and i i don't know if this is like a pitfall of my betting tendencies but i really like to bet on home home field like or even like <laughs> uh champions league you know like going to i don't know like uh or even like porto like you know like going to those stadiums is so different for teams and it actually like it affects them where i just think now that's just without fans is completely taken away so whenever fans do come back i'm looking forward to real home field advantage even can we get it can we can we get like a year-end review on how you've done gambling wise this year where you say you're up down did you have any like really exciting bets that you hit any you know 17 parlays so i i was down for quite a bit but then uh <laughs> mls playoffs i uh in the beginning of the playoffs right when columbus crew was hit by covid they had like a plus twelve thousand. and i just put a a little bit on that and they ended up winning so that really uh so i was down and now i'm excitingly back to even <laughs> love it <laughs> What a great, I mean, what a, an epitome of gambling of just, it's, you need a long shot win just to break even. Yeah. It's, but, it's like the golfer that uh, finishes 18 with a birdie and you're like, all right, I'll, I'll come back tomorrow. That's yeah. Birdie for that's uh, 112. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if there's one thing I learned from our Vegas trip, it's that American sports uh, bookies haven't quite figured out how to make odds on American soccer. Loophole. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I like that when Keevan said uh, maybe a downfall or a pitfall of my betting strategy, it, he could have said literally anything and I would have been like, yeah, that's <laughs> I have a lot of pitfalls. It's just the one I highlighted uh, that I'm excited to get back. Mostly pits, not a lot of ladders. <laughs> just the Columbus crew ladder. Thank God. Uh, Burrs, what's 2021 got for you? 2021's got Deli Ali and Christian Eriksen moving to PSG and winning the Champions League with Mauricio Pochettino. Wow, I like it. And it's going to be the highlight of my year. Yeah, that is good. That is good. Wait, 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 good, wait. good things for Mauricio. So you're excited for the Tottenham uh, cast-offs to prove Tottenham wrong, essentially? Is that what you're talking about? I'm excited for all the players I love to get it done, but for Daniel Levy not to get the credit for it. 
So <laughs> this is some next level fandom. I love it. <laughs> yeah. This guy loves seeing Luka Modric win titles. <laughs> this is a man who's been a fan of pained, pained sports teams his entire life. Yeah. <laughs> Gareth Bale's infamous bicycle kick. You would have must have been going nuts for that Champions League final. <laughs> but now he's back. So how what are the emotions with that? I was texting. I was texting Palmer every news story about him coming back for probably two and a half years, and, and then when it started to happen, I can attest. <laughs> um, I mean, I I love watching him uh, back at Tottenham, and honestly, with as many fixtures as they've got coming up, and if he obviously wasn't playing much beforehand, I'm not super stressed about it. Plus. Madrid's still paying most of his salary, so it's not even like there's tons of payroll being sunk into it either. So, um, and he had a nice goal uh, last week. There you go contributing. Pedro, what's 2021? What are you looking forward to? Well, one thing that I really miss is just like the Mexican national team. They've played a few games. But like friendlies, it, it doesn't give me as much joy as as when Mexico destroys the U.S. Um, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, um, I I I'm I don't know how it's like. It's gonna be weird, like after a long time. It's gonna be it's gonna be joyous seeing them destroy them. <laughs> and and here in and here in the pod uh being sad i feel like i feel like pedro listens to the pod in the same way that birds cheers for spurs yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh so pedro a couple year ago two years ago we had jonathan gonzalez who was in the la galaxy academy i think and uh the u.s soccer community was very excited about getting in and then uh, he committed to el tree uh did the the mexican soccer community really care about him was that like a big get at that time for you guys um for me it was it was for me because like i was listening to you guys but like um I don't really remember. Like, no one talks about him anymore. So, yeah, like, he's falling way off. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think so. No, he's, not that big deal. All that, and he was just a trout. He was just yeah. a trout. Because now there's uh, Efren Alvarez. Who, and I saw some folks online, some Mexican fans, uh, you know, kind of upset that U.S. was trying to poach him or something like that. But I was like, I mean... Fair play, right? It goes back and forth. Let the young man choose what he wants to do. Yeah, yeah. Like, Efrain, like, I really like him because he played in, like, in the USL, and he was just dominating at, like, the age of 15. And I was like, whoa, this guy is as old as me, and he's dominating? Whoa, that's crazy. (laughs) But, like, yeah, um, there's much more hype from Efrain, but... Hopefully, hopefully, um, he he sticks to his roots. <laughs> <laughs> he makes the right decision. Yeah. <laughs> All right. 
So there it is. We should worry more about Ephraim than about uh, John Gong, huh? Is that what you're telling me? Yes. All right. All right. Uh, SPC, what's 2021 got for you? Oh, hopefully, hopefully time to edit the podcast. Um, <laughs> soccer related. I don't, I mean, I hope that the union, the onions can find someone to replace Brendan Aronson and um, all of the players that they're, they're losing going on to bigger and better things. Uh, and I'm hoping that, uh, you know, statistically speaking, things return to normal so that my robot that makes picks for me won't pick Liverpool uh, to win this weekend and severely disappoint me. Did they draw? Did yeah. they really? Great Big Sam, yes. you, you Big learn Sam baby. Podcast every day. Amazing. Great news. This Can't is... wait for, for Spurs to fuck it up in uh, 30 minutes. <laughs> My highlight of the year is getting Cliff on this podcast and just getting such a glimpse into his life. He's just <laughs> telling us how bad our audio is. It's just that he's got time to deal with our bullshit and, uh, <laughs> and doing some baking. And it's just bad audio and robots. That's just all. <laughs> Transcribing music while you all talk about soccer. So <laughs> very normal. Are you, are you making us a new theme song? This is just amateur personal stuff. Because <laughs> well, chin- that theme song is uh, not amateur at all. That is excellent. Uh, all right, we wanted to do some end of year kind of awards. Uh, I sent out some ideas for a few, um, and I think we should get to those, but I wanna start if anybody has an award that they wanna nominate, define your award, nominate a winner. Uh, maybe we'll get some brainstorms, see if anyone else has got some ideas. Who, yeah, who has, please, Mike, you said you had an award. Please don't throw any of this to me because if you think I prepared for this pod, you are outside of your mind. That would be the first one. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, I was just gonna say one of one of the nominees was, or one of the categories was, player who is the biggest riser, and I would I would say Brian Reynolds going from like some random dude to a potential UVA player uh, certainly qualifies for that. Pretty good. Definitely unheard of back in January, and still mostly unheard of, but maybe a ten million pound <laughs> player. I mean, I I, that one for me was Gio Reyna. That's what uh, I was gonna. I was gonna ask, but Mike still thinks. Yeah. Wait, who? Which one of you thinks that he's uh, second tier? Mike. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I, I think I texted the thread uh, a few weeks ago after he scored that crazy goal that he's officially moved up to tier one. Yeah. But it took, it took a second. Yeah. It's a big you guys, rise. You, you guys want to put all these kids on a pedestal? I mean, Gio Reyna in January was absolutely just like Claudio Reyna's son is at Dortmund somewhere. Who knows? And now he's. I mean, he's definitely tier one, but he's on the map. He's on the map. He's uh, not shown as well. It may be in a U.S. shirt, but for I did not expect him to be anyone who would contribute in the 2022 World Cup situation. But now it's like he should be, if not the best player on the field, you know, right there. So. Bold from Colin. I'll, I'll oh, say yeah. for like players who've handled the pandemic the worst, uh, Jaden Sancho, like he went from a $150 million player or whatever to, I don't think he scored a goal in the Bundesliga this year. So that's, that's not great for him. 
So that's a fall for sure. Is that actually pandemic related or is that just like sophomore, sophomore year kind of thing? Dan, with legal on the call, I'm not going to sit here and speculate, okay? It's yeah, not what this no, podcast is all about. No, we would never. I don't know. I, I, think, I think it's probably like a combination of like sophomore slump plus like probably the, uh, I don't know how much he wanted to move to United or whoever was was trying to get him, but like the thought of potentially being that big of a transfer and then sticking around Dortmund who are kind of perennially like not challenging for the title, even though it feels like they should be. I can imagine he's a little bit demotivated. Really wanted to go to United where they're always challenging for titles these days. <laughs> can I can I throw in uh, for teams that have handled the pandemic the best? Uh, Pedro, I'm sorry, but the U.S. men's national team possibly? I feel like Ooh. they're ending 2020, at least ending 2020, which the pandemic has lasted this entire, so we'll just say 2020 and the pandemic. But they're ending it, I think, on an insanely high note. Like, Dest uh, coming in, um, you know, uh, McKinney at, at Juve, uh, obviously Pulisic, Gio Reyna we just talked about. Um, I think that the U.S. men's national team had a decent 2020 and, and hopes are really, really high. I mean, all right, here's my counterpoint. All right, Keevan, go ahead. No, I'm, I'm a counterpointer. Okay, yeah, I'll stay positive. Well, my thing was that usually like the second camps like usually the january camp or this time it was that second camp where it's like all mls players it's kind of just a throwaway camp right like it's just to get some like uh re national guys in the mls just to kind of get them some run and see if anything pops out and usually nothing really does and i granted it was against a, a inferior opponent but like i mean and this is just me being my homer again but like chris mueller like he can be useful on a, a roster um even the young guys like going to the olympic team like i mean when's the last time we had a team in the olympics just the fact that like that's a real possibility and we have a team that could actually make some noise is yeah i mean they that's exciting so i'm, I'm with palmer on that i mean look I, i'm not saying that they didn't have a good year uh i would say it's mostly individual performances chris mueller being one of the only like good performances in the u.s shirt uh, most of those guys you're talking about did all that for their club team and happened to be, you know, Americans. So how they work together is a whole different thing. A team that actually did well in, in 2020 and who I thought you were going to say is the U.S. women's soccer team. The U.S. women's soccer team completely kicked ass this year, as they always do. But they went 9-0. They won, they won their group in CONCACAF women's qualifying with a goals for of 18 goals against zero. Then they won the She Believes Cup, where they played legitimate competition, Spain, England, and Japan, ran that. Uh, and then in U20 CONCACAF Women's Championship, they won their group with 24 goals for, zero goals against, and didn't give up a goal till the final when they beat Mexico four to one. So just all sunshine and, and happy days for US women's soccer, despite the pandemic. And I think their their club signings was like a big deal. Chris and Press and uh, oh yeah, they made a bunch of yeah, noise. I mean, that yeah. was a bunch of noise, and that they're I don't and it still confuses me how a U.S. player is not over oh, the women's player of the year every single year. I don't get how that didn't happen this year, but besides the point, uh, yeah, even their club like club signings and they're affecting that. I mean, they're I, granted it's, this is the U.S. and it's the 
I only get the U.S. coverage, but like I've never before seen English women women uh, league games on TV, and now I am because, and I think that's because of that. Yeah, that was one of the the points I'd want to make is the amount of coverage for women's soccer at all. I wanted to give a, a head nod to um, a couple of the TV networks, you know, in the United States anyway, it's definitely playing off of the success of the, the women's national team. But that has not only made the domestic league here in the United States at coming out of the last Women's World Cup get an actual TV deal for some partial games, but the Women's Super League in England is, is getting, I mean, it's on NBC Sports. Um, and Keevan's right, that's definitely never happened before. And, and that's because there's a big market to watch the women's national team players play for, for a club on a, on a regular basis. And I think that might be one of the best things to, to come out of um, 2020 in the soccer world has been American uh, television access to more women's soccer. What's, uh, Burge, have you been paying attention to the uh, equal pay lawsuit from the women? There was some settlement. <laughs> the what yeah yeah exactly legally yeah right no uh i can't speak to the terms of the the settlement they're in or kind of where it is but I mean, it, it's one of the it's one of the it's one of those things though where it it does he's too deep he's not allowed he's no, not but allowed the, but it is but, but it but it does play right like i'm not gonna perjure myself here i mean um, i hope we're not paying but, for this but, legal but, advice this feels like we're not getting a lot here but but it does play into like if there's tv revenue for women's professional matches, then women's professional salaries will grow. The benefits will be part of, I mean, that's always been part of the, the difficulty in the equal pay lawsuits is they say, hey, we're not getting paid as much. And then US soccer goes, oh, but you're getting your health insurance here because you don't get it from your clubs because that's not in these, all these benefits and that kind of thing. So the growth of the women's game at the club level through television uh, revenues, I think can only help um, move towards some actual equity and parity in uh, benefits on that standpoint as there's as these women just get paid in a way that better reflects the world-class athletes they clearly are yeah i'm willing to disclose some of the terms of that deal um what happened is they settled the uh, uh working conditions part of the suits so it, actually u.s soccer has now agreed to like fly them private and put them in the same hotels as the men and no have, more the turf fields. Amount, have the same, I don't know about that actually, uh, have the same sure. amount of trainer, oh, you are, right. uh, have the same amount of trainers I know was a big one, like medical staff being at the same level um, and that kind of stuff. But the equal pay part of it is, I think they're still appealing, has not been settled out of court. Excellent stuff. Uh, who else has categories, awards to be given out? We're talking about, uh, you know, teams that handled uh, the pandemic best. Um, I think you have to look at Southampton in the Premier League. Uh, they got 18 points in nine matches after the lockdown and were third in the table if you just looked post-lockdown. And then currently they're sitting, I think, ninth in the table and have been as high as, you know, second or third and, and are like a legit team. Uh, and this is coming from a squad that in the two previous seasons had finished 15th and 16th. So, I mean, like they were like, hey, is the academy finally so depleted by, you know, Liverpool's constant shopping spree uh, that uh, Southampton's going to go down um, or, you know, kind of where's that situation? And, I, and I'll be honest, as a, as a fan, just kind of generally, I was like, I'm kind of tired. Like they're, they're not playing good soccer anymore. I'm not really, yeah, yeah. you know, like I wouldn't have shed any tears had they gone down instead of Swansea or something like that a couple of years ago. Um, but Hassan Hoodle has 
a squad playing really good. It's it's fun uh, soccer to, to watch um, for a club that's almost always outgunned, um, and they're getting results consistently. So um, whether it's tied to the lockdown or some ability for uh, Hasenholdel to get his kind of head around the project, but they're since the lockdown they're playing some of the best soccer in England. Yeah, to go off that. James Ward-Prowse can be a uh, nominee for best player who's improved his stock because anytime he is over a direct kick, it's exciting. Like, you know something can happen, whether it's a corner. Uh, if, if Don't give it to him in front of the box because he's, he's going to drain those more, more often than not. So, um, And Danny Ings is always a good story, too. So, yeah, Southampton, that's a good, great shout there. Watching him get an, watching Danny Ings get a, an England call up, like in his 30s, to go play at Iceland and in front of a stadium. It was I don't know if anybody watched that match, but there's no one allowed in the stadium. But Icelanders, who because it's a little island, could close things down pretty well. They, they, had, they had about 200 people rounding the chain link fence on the outside of the stadium, and you could hear on the TV audio all of the songs and chants coming from just like 200 dudes on a chain link fence. Um, but seeing someone like Danny Ings. Uh, get kind of that like like acknowledgement was pretty cool it, it kind of reminds me of like Barty a few years back like just you know finally getting that recognition after like a great career Pedro for biggest faller uh I had a whole bit planned about Phoenix Rising and how uh they've been the heel and their name you know they're the Phoenix Rising and yet they've they've they're falling this year it's just you know the yeah, bid is there to be had, but uh, <laughs> they, I mean, we talked about them quite a bit, which is kind of wild, but they've been the heel in a lot of these, like, uh, you know, the social justice conversations in soccer and the player power. Uh, what do you see for the future? Or are, are there changes going on at the club now? Uh, and, and where does that take them going forward? Um, okay. <laughs> this is, this, this is a, uh... Okay, so the coach that said um, it's part of the game, all that right. stuff. Yeah, yeah. He's still the coach. Okay. Um, and uh, the player that like did all the stuff, he's I nothing has like been announced. I think he's leaving. But other than that, like. I was like, when the like the whole incident was happening, like I was expecting that the club and the community would be like completely anti like the coach and like just mm -hmm. wanting to be like as as um as good as possible, like because like you would never want this in like in any club, but. <laughs> uh when when the coach was like he was told to leave for like a few couple games and like he supposedly went to quote unquote like took some courses or some like training or something yeah like some sensitivity yeah, yeah. yeah went to homophobia yeah. rehab <laughs> <laughs> yes basically and when he came back, he says he like I think he said like I'm a changed man. I I under I learned from the mistakes, and like everybody from the team, everybody from the fans, like they're just like, all right, 
Case closed. We, we, we gotta, <laughs> Did it. We got we to gotta, focus on playoffs. And <laughs> we never played. Like, we went to the final, but the final was canceled because of COVID. And I was like, bro, this is your – the chickens have come to uh, come home to roost. This is yeah. this is destined to happen. Yeah. And I was like, I was kind of like some games, like actually every single game, I was like, you know what? I don't care how the result goes. If we lose, we deserve it. If we advance. I hope the next game we like go down very badly. <laughs> <laughs> but Peter, that's just called fandom. <laughs> you and Bernie <laughs> trying to figure it out. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm like, I don't know how I feel, and sure. like, there, there, there's this all of this whole situation with like them moving their stadium to like, because they had their stadium on on a on a reservation because we okay. have like Indian reservations. Yeah, and now they moved to another reservation across like the city and like. <laughs> I feel like they did like they did like bidding wars between both reses and like got like a better like tax deal and I'm just like I don't know. Well, it's not a good look. And okay, so, you're, like, it, it, you're obviously not happy. Do you just wish they just disconnected like everyone and that's it? Or like if you could walk into the front their front office. Yeah, if you own the team, what are you doing? What would I do? Um I would one First thing I would do is like, like, fire the coach. Obviously, um, I would basically just also like get off like native land because that is that's I I do not like when I first when they first like announced like when I was when I first like followed the team I was not really like conscious about like like indigenous issues and like like all the problems that businesses do here in Arizona. But like <laughs> now that I'm conscious about it, I'm like, oh man, this this is really bad. And there's like rumors that they wanted to like move their facilities like down towards like downtown Phoenix, which I would like, I don't live near downtown, but I would feel like it would be better but I, I, I'm, 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 I don't know. I don't know how I should feel right now. Yeah, it's just a lot to and work with. I'll just <laughs> say, as a as a former fan of the the NFL Washington football team, uh, sometimes you just gotta walk away. And like, honestly, it uh, it was difficult for me. And and you know, you make your own decision. But like, I invested so many hours following that team. A lot of a lot of tears shed. Uh, physical tears and you know tears tears in my head as well uh, but like honestly just sometimes just walking away from something like that you're you realize like within a few months if it's something that you actually want to be part of or not and if it is you're you're come back but sometimes you just got to give yourself a little bit of a break and yeah I, I, I mean, totally like a pretty difficult situation down there well and I understand that conflict a lot like I'm a fourth generation Chicago Cubs fan like being like that kind of baseball is is like a, a multi-generational part of, of my identity and the fact that the Cubs are owned by the Ricketts family and the politics of the Ricketts family are so um, 
contrary to kind of the, the values I hold as a person that there's definitely that conflict uh, for me from time to time. And so I can totally understand that. And I feel like soccer in the United States, particularly at the USL level is so community and grassroots that it's even more yeah. personal there. I mean, like the Chicago Cubs are a global brand of multinational, whatever, but like, it's much more personal, I would imagine, but I can understand where Pedro's coming from on, on that kind of a like heartstrings kind of tug at you conflict as a fan. Yeah, I think, I mean, you could say the same thing about the Timbers, right? And the Timbers uh, fan groups are quite liberal and that's, I love that and that's great and it's fun to be a part of, but then the ownership, uh, I think like basically panders to the liberal fan group, but is he's a billionaire. Like he's not a, some progressive a stalwart. So yeah. it's- uh, Loves the Twitter, loves the Twitter it, beef. It's probably hard to be a sports fan and not have to be at least a little bit hypocritical about how you're spending your money and your time and what you're supporting. Uh, so it's, you know, it's all, very much shades of gray, except when it's really obviously just bad, <laughs> which happens sometimes too. I mean, uh, until until we buy a club, which will happen. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I have a quick. Once this Heineken money, this Heineken money is coming in, and then watch out. I mean, that was all part of my deal. I was going to get the Heineken, and then I was going to sell the Heineken. <laughs> you see, and you turn it into a football club. I have a quick question. Um, related to Pedro's point about divesting from, um, uh, or I guess divesting isn't the right word, but like uh, getting off of native lands, as you put it, or, or maybe I'm paraphrasing, but uh, it, and I'm not trying to play devil's advocate or have a hot take here, but this is a genuine question of, uh, is it better to pay like rent on native land than to move off of it? You know, like, because at least they're getting, they're using that land to derive some income that way. Or is that just part of the whole exploitation continuing and does that just perpetuate it? I don't, I, this is, a, this is a hard question because like I wrestle with this like a lot, but I, I say what the what like the people of the tribe believe in because like I would assume that like the politicians of like the of the of the reservation aren't like completely aligned with like what the tribe want. They're closer than like say another politician that like in the neighboring cities, but I don't know. I I if the people of like the tribe want it okay i they can rent it but like like if yeah i i say the people decide they have they self determine like they self determine their their usage of the land yeah i mean and i think what other things is the club doing on the reservation for the people on the reservation for the tribe um it's not just a, a question of uh using the land for the stadium like what else are they doing um for the reservation you know there's there's other ways that they can they can get involved and and bring capital into that into that community as well so uh are they just using it for the for the land and the tax break uh or are they going to actually like give back to that community and and 
yeah. um, what and type I, of involvement is is does would the tribe have with the club even, uh, which could be an interesting question. Uh, but that's definitely further down the road, and and we'll see what happens. But and I would say, Cliff, you have very good like context on this. The, your beloved Philadelphia Onions in Chester, PA, it's exactly the same situation. Tax break to go there instead of being in Philly. Said they give back and would cause all this economic impact. Massive overpromise, underdeliver. Yeah, sure they have like here and there like um, soccer camps for kids in Chester, but it's like completely a PR situation. There's no economic growth in that area that's uh, been the result of there being a $300 million stadium there. It's just was cheap land that the union owners could put a stadium on and not have to pay, you know, Philly taxes and not have to pay for land in Philly where land is hard to come by. So, I mean, complete bullshit kind of stuff. So uh, Cliff splice in cash rules, everything around me should be queued up from the last Always. 10 episodes. Right? Yeah, exactly. So Always. Yeah. This is, uh, I think one of the things about 2020 that I have really loved is that this podcast definitely has gotten much, much more into like the social justice issues. I mean, we don't talk about uh, indigenous peoples, uh, you know, exploitation and the rights of indigenous peoples and stuff like that. But like everybody probably across the country and uh, certainly on this podcast, we've like become, we care much more about that than even like the results on the soccer field. Often. We just don't know shit about indigenous peoples. Yeah, well, exactly, right? exactly, yeah. So uh, that's, you know, silver linings, I guess, out of what's been just a terrible 2020 yeah. uh, is that it's brought a lot of uh, knowledge and awareness to some of these issues that uh, we've been privileged enough to not have to worry about. Uh, and that's been a, I don't know, it's been great for me and hopefully for, uh, for us and, and for everybody. So. If we want to shift to results on the field, we could talk about Sheffield United having uh, awful 2020. I looked oh, it up. Man, I, I looked it up. This time last year, they were in fifth place with 28 points. Now they are dead last with two. Yeah. And Chris Wilder gets run through the media on every Jurgen Klopp uh, interview. <laughs> last year, Chris Wilder was given an interview about how like other teams can learn from Liverpool and their work right. ethic and all that stuff. So yeah. I think Sheffield's yeah. had a a rough go at it. A rough one. As I did read that something like it was the worst result, the worst first 15 games in English history, or like in, something like that. EFL history, maybe something like that. Start Worst start of a season ever, two points from 15. This is, I feel like this Talking. gets brought up every couple of years. There's the, uh, the team that starts really, really terribly and they get compared to Derby County from yeah. whatever, whatever year that was. And they missed out on Big Sam, so that's line. another negative component. Uh, what else for results on the field? Does anyone have a, a Keep it, You want to talk coach of the year? Yeah. Manager okay, of the year? Yeah. Manager of the year. I'll, I'll uh, throw this one to Colin. I'll even <laughs> break, it, break it down to three, three uh, choices. Okay, give it to me. You have Bielsa. Duh. Duh. Aloko. Duh. Or, Marce or Marcelo. Duh. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how you could pick anyone else, right? 
He's the manager of every year. This year in particular, he's more the manager of the year. But how could you not be? How could you not? He brings leads up. They've been trying to do that forever. Uh, becomes a legend there. Uh, and uh, they look all right in the Premier League after signing basically one player. Um, and he's bringing joy to a lot of people. He, we He's totally delivered on, I mean, this week they only won uh, 1-0, but like the two weeks before that. And a they, dubious 1-0. They won like, they won a game 5-2 and then lost their next one 6-1 or something like that. I was like, fuck yeah, man, just bring it. It's been great. I mean, I think maybe not enough uh, ridiculous quotes or interviews, but I uh, definitely 100% blame the English press for that because um, they're shit and we know that. Uh, they should, if we, if me and Kevin were over there interviewing Marcel every week, we'd get some better, much better stuff out of them. All right. For, for all my Bielsa heads, I have a, a genuine question, <laughs> which genuine. is like genuine. Uh, why has he never coached at like a truly big club? Like he's coached at, you know, some pretty high level clubs, uh, Bilbao, Marseille, I think come to mind. And Leeds, obviously, is a historically big club, but no one would say they're like an elite-sized club right now. So what is it about his style or his personality that keeps him from coaching at? Or maybe he's, I mean, clearly it's not a matter of, you know, intelligence or skill as a manager. He's just been named manager of the year. Uh, so, so what is it that's keeping him from coaching at, you know, PSG or Real Madrid or Bayern or, you know, one of these super clubs? I mean, I would also, I would remind you that he has coached at the top level in the international game. Um, he coached, he managed Argentina and spent a ton of his, uh, you know, I was, he's old now, even probably for a manager, but the prime of his managerial career, maybe uh, coaching internationally in South America. Um, but I'll say, yeah, I think, I think personally it's his, uh, his El Loco-ness and that he wants to, um, I'm trying to think of like a good uh, American sports analogy for this, but like, I think maybe this is true in the NFL mostly, but there are like a few guys, it might be true in MLS too. There are a few guys who are like, if I'm running your club, I'm everything. I, I, I want to be the manager. There's no GM, whatever. I handpick those guys. Like Pep is one of those guys, right? Like I handpick every part of it and everything about it. And you just, you just live with with that. Like I'm not fitting into your system. I'm going to run this new system, and it's going to blow up everything before. And uh, here are my demands. And if and there's no negotiating. It's just like yes or no. And I'm willing to take a job somewhere else and get paid less. Clearly, he's always been willing to do that. Um, if you, if you're not going to meet me there, um, and I think that most places uh, won't do that. Right? Like there's maybe too much. Um, in it for them financially to risk hiring someone like Marcelo. Like you have to be a little bit uh, desperate in a way um, to be like, well, just turn the keys over to this guy and hope that it stays on the rails. But sometimes it kind of goes off the rails and he's pretty crazy. And like, he might just uh, sell our best player who's a fan favorite because he, that guy won't run enough or whatever. He has clubs a, aren't he interested has a, in high variance. Yeah, exactly. Like, like he has a culture he has a culture that he's that he wants to build he wants to stick to and it's very like it's from the team to the fans and it's everywhere it's everything it's very very blue collar where i think like you know a real madrid or a, a Bayern munich like you throw out there 
like when you think of them, you don't think of like blue collar working hard team over individual. You think of the big names that they bring in um, and whatnot. I mean, he's like the leads as an example is that he's turned players that were like championship, fairly championship, not even in championship into like a, a winning squad and capable, like Patrick Bamford is, is a good example. Like this yeah. whole question of what can he do in the Premier League? He's never, he's never performed. And today he scores his 10th goal and he's like among the like leaders who goal scorers. So I think it's just that culture he has is just doesn't fit quite well with those big name clubs. Yeah, and you're never going to be – I think Leeds have a ceiling on them. Even if you gave Bielsa all the money in the world, you'd have a ceiling on some players will never play for him. Well, lead uh, soccer players don't want to work that hard. I mean, yeah, like to exactly. some extent, there's an element of like like the the Ronaldo's of the world are not interested in pressing and running like that. I think like, actually Ronaldo and, might, but well, maybe years ago. Now, yeah, now he would be interested. I mean, I kind of see a little bit of an analogy to like a, a Mike D'Antoni in the NBA, where like he runs a style. Like some guys just like aren't going to play in that, right? Like you know that they're they're not interested in going up and down the floor and trying to score 140 points because that's insane to them um and so that means it kind of fits in certain places and and certain uh teams aren't going to want to do that because they're going to want the stars in their media market that play a different style um, yeah what I about that. i mean other managers that have to be in this conversation i know we want to talk about bielsa but uh ancelotti's got everton in second right now he's like kind of settling in there seems to be doing a nice job uh it's I don't think Everton are going to be a top two club forever, but somehow it feels like it's sustainable. Like, like it's he got not. This exact it's not random. The press conference right? this week, they were like, they were like, "How are you feeling about the position table?" He's like, second is very good." Da, 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 da. And he's, she's like, "So now you can you you know, it's 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 a third of the way into the season or 15 games in the season. You can kind of allow yourself to think like this is this is really who we are and." what comes with being second and, you know, she's like Champions League, Champions League, you want to talk about Champions League? And he's like, he has this like old man sly grin. He's like, we are very happy with second. Is it a good place to be? We will be there as long as we can or something like that. <laughs> and you're just like, I'm not going to say we're going to finish second because we probably won't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm doing a good job, aren't I? Yes, I am. <laughs> Man manage the expectations. That's <laughs> yeah. good. You know, yeah. that's part of being a manager. Yeah, but uh, I mean, Kyle is doing a great job. I think the fact that um, you know we beat powerhouses like Sheffield United one zero on late goals is is you know who we are. No, I mean, uh, we have a lot of injuries right, injuries right now. Hamez is out, um, and he's been so influential in the first half of the season. We're playing four center backs across the back four, um, you know, so it's like massively playing guys out of position and still getting results, and actually both of the outside backs have played well in those roles. Like you picked the right guys to play in those out of positions kind of situations, I think is a really mark of a good manager. Um, so yeah, I think he's doing a great job, but I, I don't think it's sustainable really. Like, I don't think we're a top four team. Brendan Rogers has Lester in third. We talked about him a little bit in the preseason. That's a team that's also like slowly rising every year, looking better and better. Uh, like nonsensically too, right? Like, like who do they have? Like Vardy, I know Vardy. Yeah, Vardy's good. Okay. Vardy every year. He's James just Madison. Yeah, yeah, James Madison's pretty good. I think he's a little really like well. he's a little bit of a flash to me. He's a little bit of a flash player that like uh, could never play for Bielsa. 
Um, <laughs> like, but he scores great goals. Like, but he scores like six goals a season, like six great bangers. Like he's a Twitter machine, like these great highlights, but is he really productive? Like, I don't know. When I actually watch it, watch him play, I'm, uh, I don't know. Or is you look like you're itching? I was, I mean, like, it's a little bit of a homer and bringing, looking for a manager back in, uh, in MLS. Um, but Adrian Heath took Minnesota United to the semis in MLS's back to the semis of MLS cup, all without Ike Opara, the MLS defensive player of the year and the star of the team playing a minute. And he made the playoff run in the end with a third string keeper that was out on loan to a USL club when, uh, lockdown ended. So as much as like I scream at my television at some of his managerial decisions or lack of decisions, the guy never makes a substitute until it's 15 minutes too late to do it. But I mean, that, that was not a consistently top four in the MLS talented team, yeah, but yeah. they sure posted those results. Um, and, you know, I kind of have to give a, a little bit of cred there um, as much as that may pain me. I like that. That's a good point. Minnesota with a great year and a roster that was not great. So something, something was right there. Before we leave managers, we got to mention the guy who probably should have won in Hans Flick. I mean, Bayern were in trouble for Bayern, which was what third or fourth place when he took over. And then he turned him into a trouble winning side, including champions. League. So I think we got to at least get a shout out for him. Yeah. So, we we never give enough respect to the Bundesliga. I think that's on brand for us. <laughs> Anything else anyone needs to bring in here? Otherwise, we're right at around an hour. So, uh, family pod, man, this has been a lot of fun. This is great. This is so nice, so special. What do you got? I I want to mention uh, the the Champions League, the Concacaf Champions League. Do <laughs> <laughs> um, I was, I was like, when I like, I was really scared on like the possibility of like MLS finally beating um, <laughs> Liga MX first time. And I, I like, I don't watch the Champions League because I find it to be like boring because it's always like Mexico versus Mexico. But like when it's Mexico versus USA in the final, I I completely go contrarian. I I like Tigres. I hate them. They're they're <laughs> the they are they they're the like the Golden State Warriors of Mexico. So like I hate them so much. But like when it comes to when it comes to legitimizing the United States against Mexico, I'm always like um I I gotta be contrarian. So yeah, I. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that LA lost. <laughs> I even texted me. He was like really pumped about it this week. Uh, and being like, did you talk about it on the pod? This is before our podcast was out last week. And he was like, did you talk about it on the pod this week? And I was like, yeah, we talked about it. Like they had already won. Like the fact that they beat three teams. And I was like, and I don't really know. I think you're like, you know, they're certainly not favorites in that final. Um, but we were all just like hyped on the possibility of uh, of winning that because I mean I feel like a, a last maybe couple times that a U.S. team has made it a deep run or made the final. It's been a team that we actually didn't think was that good, and they kind of lucked into the position there. 
And then if we were like, oh, LFCs are actually good and Vela and blah, 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 and we can see it happening, still fucked it up. It was well, I mean, up one nil in the 60 or 65th minute. Yeah. They were right there. When had yeah. LAFC won that, it would have been one of the great like bummers, like that fans weren't in the stands because um LA, I mean LAFC's fans are incredible. Good. They're a way support, at least from the ones I've seen coming up to play Minnesota United. There has never been anybody who's had the energy they have. And frankly, the class that I've experienced in that. I mean, like they sang their songs and went nuts for their goals. And when Minnesota scored a goal to equalize, they took a 90 second like break while we lost our minds. And then they just went right back into their song. So like, I can just imagine like what that atmosphere would have been like. Really good. Yeah. It would have been real good. Excellent. That's a good shout, Pedro. Couldn't have let that go this week. We yeah. uh, left it off the run order. I'm glad you brought it up. Half of our listeners would have thought that LAFC won. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If there's nothing else, uh, I think we are done. That's Peace it. out, 2020. Bring on 2021. Get your uh, I hope everyone, yep, stay healthy. Take care of yourself. Uh, email us at soccerthread at gmail.com about anything. And uh, we'll probably talk about it. Everybody say thanks, Cliff. Thanks, whoever. Thanks, Cliff. It's a chair, baby. <laughs> look, look what it can do. I gotta take out my headphones. Woo! <laughs> oh, look at this flashy cunt. Oh boy. It's cool. It's not really I, I self-identify as a millionaire, but you know. <laughs> but Pedro! Come on. Oh wow. Turn on wow. your video. Yeah! Get in. Amazing. Whoa.